Hello, my name is Isaac Keith Martinez, and welcome to Isaac's Haunted Beard. Today we're going to talk about Airplane 2, the sequel. Yes, it is a sequel. It's the sequel to Airplane. But in case you didn't know, that is a part of the title. Airplane 2, the sequel. (laughs) Hey, it's been a while since I've done this. Well, it's certainly been a while since I've done an episode about a movie, because the last episode I did of my podcast was back in June, when I talked about the Death Wish franchise. I did do a one-off episode in July, called July Update 2020, where I explained my absence and gave you a little bit of a background of what I've been up to at that time. I hope you're all doing well. I want to thank you for spending time with your old haunted pal. I can just picture people going, airplane too. I waited all this time for him to return to podcasting for airplane too? (laughs) Why would he waste an episode on airplane too of all movies? Okay, well... I'm not going to try and convince you today that Airplane 2 is some unsung masterpiece, because I don't believe that. In fact, excuse me, in fact, uh, (laughs) I really just needed a movie to talk about for my return. You know, there is two ways to get into a swimming pool, and sometimes you very carefully tiptoe into the pool like you you put one foot in just to see how cold the water is and then you stick your other foot in like you know near the steps part of the pool where it's shallow and then you you get uh used to the the temperature of the water and then you slowly lower yourself into the pool just a step at a time and then you get your body used to it a little bit at a time And then, of course, there's the other way, which is just jumping in. (laughs) And uh, what this episode is, this is me tiptoeing into the pool like a coward. (laughs) So instead of using this opportunity to talk about a movie that I totally love and know tons of stuff about, blah, 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 I'm just going to tiptoe back into the world of podcasting with a movie that I like. I don't want to pretend that I don't like it. I don't love it. In fact, I like Airplane 1 more. Who doesn't, right? (laughs) So, dude, why are you wasting this opportunity on the sequel? Hey, because I feel like, I mean, (laughs) there probably already are podcast episodes about Airplane 1. So, for the record, Airplane, uh, the part one, the original film from 1980, celebrated It's 40th anniversary this year, this year being 2020, and I watched Airplane on that day. That was July 2nd, and I did it with a double feature with Hot Shots. Uh, You probably already know that the people who made Airplane are also responsible for uh, Hot Shots, or at least to some degree. There's a collection of writers and 
and uh, filmmakers who who make a bunch of spoof comedies that work together in some fashion or another. This includes the Zucker Brothers, Jim Abrams, Pat Proft, Neil Israel. And if you look at their body of work, which includes films like Top Secret, uh, the Naked Gun Trilogy, Hot Shots, um, versions of the, those groups of writers are responsible for those films. So if you've ever felt that these films have something in common, it's because it shares that comedy styling of that of those group of people. Now, the next day, I watched Hot Shots. Excuse me, I, I did watch Hot Shots too. I was about to say Hot Shots Part Two, but I watched Airplane Two, the sequel, as a double feature with Hot Shots Part Two, and um, <laughs> it's for that very reason that I was watching it and I had some thoughts. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll talk about this. Why not? So, let's talk about the plot to Airplane Two. I'm not really going to go too much into the plot, but it is it is a little interesting that there's a difference between the first one and the second one in that the second one takes place not on an airplane. It's called Airplane 2. It's the movie that doesn't take place on an airplane, much like Troll 2 does not have any trolls in it. <laughs> or Ghoulies 4 has no ghoulies in it, or at least ghoulies the, the way we know them. Um... <laughs> Or Chud, Chud 2, the movie with no chuds. Uh, airplane 2 has no airplane. Airplane 2 takes place on a space shuttle. And it takes place in the future. It's pretty much the same plot as Airplane Part 1, where a flight is doomed. And uh, Ted Stryker, the lead character from the first film, portrayed by the actor Robert Hayes, he is called on to save the the flight and everybody on board and he's on board for the same reason he was on board with the first one he's trying to win back elaine uh is a character played by julie haggerty which he did at the end of part one but he of course has to lose her in between part one and part two so he has an excuse to repeat the whole thing again now <laughs> Uh, the first film takes, well, it was made in 1980 and it's actually even acknowledged in part two that airplane does in fact take place in the year 1980, which leads to the question, when does airplane two take place? In the beginning of the film, they mention that it's the future. They actually literally write that on the screen, the future. <laughs> so they're being very, um, they're, they're acknowledging that it takes place in the future and that's why we have the technology to travel, in this case, to the moon on a space shuttle. Not just astronauts, but anybody can buy a ticket to the moon. But also, um, by not saying what year, it, I guess, uh, it's it's a little confusing. It's not a little confusing. It's a lot confusing. Here's, here's the reason why it's especially confusing. Because the characters in part two that are in part one, uh, have not really aged. So if it's like far off into the future, you would expect them to be a lot older, but they pretty much look exactly the same way that they look in part one because Airplane 2 came out in 1982. And I actually love this. <laughs> I love this absurd idea that you can make a movie that takes place in quote unquote the future and have the returning characters pretty much look exactly like anyone in the first one just because 
it's a movie as surreal as Airplane 2. Surreal not like in an artistic sense, but surreal in that things happen in these movies that could never happen in real life just for the sake of the gag. Now, the, the thing about Airplane 2 is that the space shuttle that they're traveling on, which is going to the moon, is uh, uh, broken. <laughs> There's something wrong with it. Uh, and and Stryker's the only one who really knew that because he worked on the space shuttle before it launched, and he tried to uh, get people to fix it, and and they didn't want to do that. They wanted to go ahead with their flight, so they silenced him. They put him on trial for uh, it's so long. It's like you really need this much plot for airplane two. He ends up in a mental asylum. He ends up escaping the asylum when he finds out that they're going to go ahead with the flight. He buys a ticket, uh, one to hopefully, you know, fix whatever's wrong with the flight, but also with the space shuttle, but also to win back Elaine, who's now engaged to someone else who she works with. And the space shuttle is, it's, it's, it's got pilots, but it's also has a computer that is responsible for a lot of the things that make it work much like, or most specifically, it's parodying Hal from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, which is something that I didn't know as a kid. Uh, I saw Airplane 2 for the first time as a kid, and I, I didn't recognize any... any. I've never seen 2001 until until I was at least a teenager. So, so that's one thing that I recognized that I didn't know about, about Airplane 2, is that it was parodying movies that I, I had not seen before, including 2001. There's another joke in the movie later that parodies 2001, which I catch now. Um, <laughs> so as you recall in the first one, the reason why the pilots are unable to land the plane is because they all got food poisoning, but in part two, uh, they can't pilot the plane because, uh, the computer that is mimicking Hal from 2001 is kind of taking them out to prevent them from fixing it so that the shuttle can't, um, well, what, ends, <laughs> what it ends up doing is it, it tries to, instead of going to the moon, it tries to go into the sun. And on a side note, there is a passenger played by Sonny Bono of all people who manages to sneak a bomb on board the airplane in his briefcase. And his goal is to kill himself. And I guess everybody else with him in order for his wife to get the insurance money. And it gets revealed that there is a passenger on board with a bomb. And Stryker, Ted Stryker, has to make the computer on the airplane get disabled so that he can manually uh, fly the plane out of the path of the sun and land it safely on the moon. And he doesn't know how to do this because the computer has all these defense mechanisms to protect itself from being disabled. So he learns that if he could blow the computer up, he could take over 
the flight. So he now learns that there is a bomb on board that Sonny Bono's character has. And then he has to uh, intercept the bomb and then use it, which he does, to blow up the computer and then manually take the space shuttle back onto course to land on the moon. Which also, of course, saves the people on board for two reasons. One, they're not going to go straight to the sun. And two, they're not going to get blown up by Sonny Bono's bomb. Gosh, <laughs> that is the most super duper sloppy way I have ever described a movie on this podcast. And yet, dare I suggest, I'm not feeling too guilty about it. Because we're talking about airplane too, people. <laughs> I mean, not to be completely disrespectful, like Airplane 2 doesn't deserve me being more eloquent about describing this film. For all I know, there's some person out there who's like, yo, Airplane 2 is my jam. I have been waiting my whole life for someone to discuss Airplane 2 on a podcast. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? This world is so big, and there's so many people out there who have podcasts that I wouldn't doubt it if there's already an Airplane 2 podcast episode that exists that is much better than this one. <laughs> okay, uh, by the way, <laughs> I, I'm good to go all over the place with this one, folks. Hey, like I said, uh, I have, I, I'm a little... Uh, it's, you're going to notice a little bit of sloppiness on my end because I have not done this in a while and I'm just leaning on my crutch that I'm hoping that you really just truly like me <laughs> and you're just here to listen to me talk for, you know, companionship. So Airplane was originally written and directed by Jim Abrams and the Zucker brothers, David and Jerry Zucker, who had agreed to do the sequel to Airplane 2 at some point, for reasons I'm not certain of, I know that they backed out of the project and decided it wasn't a good idea. <clears throat> Excuse me. And Paramount Pictures, who put out the movie, both movies, Airplane and Airplane 2, decided that they were going to go ahead and make the movie anyway. So they hired Ken Finkelman to write and direct Airplane 2. Jim Abrams and the Zucker brothers have mentioned that... They were so against Paramount Pictures going forward and making Airplane 2 that they vowed they would never watch it until this day. They have never seen Airplane 2. <laughs> if I made a movie, and this is just me just personally talking and, you know, this is my opinion. Uh, if I made a movie and somebody made a sequel to, to, to my movie... Uh, I would be super curious how they would handle my baby. You know, I, I could picture maybe initially being mad and going, oh, I'm not going to watch that movie, but I'm a curious, uh, I'm a curious guy. And I feel like I'm a curious George. <laughs> I feel like I would eventually need to see how they handled it. So, um, not that I don't respect their decision to not watch it. I'm sure they've got better things to do with their time, but, uh, me personally, I, I would have watched it just to see how they handled it. Ken Finkelman wrote and directed Airplane 2, the sequel. Ken Finkelman wrote a movie that I really, really love. He wrote the film Grease 2, which also came out in 1982. He didn't direct Grease 2. I think Patricia Birch directed uh, Grease 2. And 
Ken Finkelman wrote it. So he wrote two films that came out in 1982. They're both sequels, uh, both sequels that were not handled by the original writers and filmmakers. And that was uh, Airplane 2 and Grease 2. Uh, <laughs> I think it's interesting that with, with Airplane, what you have is a style of comedy that's very signature. It's so it's so much so that I think it influenced not I think I know it influenced other writers to copy their style later not just movies that they they were made that you know that are part of that group of films that I mentioned earlier in the podcast but there are other movies that remind me of those movies and I feel like they influenced those writers and Airplane 2 might in fact be the very first movie to mimic that style, not because it wanted to, but because it had to, because it was a sequel to a movie that had that style. So what we have here is a writer, in this case, Ken Finkelman, who is hired to mimic the comedy style of a different comic writer. Because if you look at Ken's other Ken's other works, it's not like he continues down that path, because Grease 2 is not like that. He also made a film with uh, Madonna called Who's That Girl? That movie's not like that. And Ken Vinkelman doesn't really have a large filmography. I think he worked a lot in television. But in this case, he's specifically mimicking a style of comedy that is not his original style. I mean, that's a really interesting idea to try and copy someone else's style of comedy, um, especially if you're not specifically a joke thief. I mean, try doing that. Try and think of a comedian or comic writer, and then think like them. I mean, that's really what you're trying to do. You're not trying to think like yourself. You're not trying to go, okay, this is the joke I'm trying to tell. How would I tell it? That's not what you're trying to do. What you're trying to do is say, this is the joke I'm trying to tell. How would this other person, or in this case, these other group of people, how would they tell it? That is, it's a bit of a challenge, don't you think? And I... You know, I don't love Airplane 2. I like it. It's got some funny jokes. Some of the jokes don't land. But you got to give them credit. I mean, you can't really fault a person for getting work. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's his job. That's literally his job. That's how he puts food on the table. That's how he pays the bills. He got hired to, to do a, a, a feature film from a major movie studio. I mean, who wouldn't take that gig? Especially if you're young and you haven't had too many opportunities afforded to you yet, of course you would take it. And then you have this added responsibility to make sure your movie is just like the first movie. So I give them credit. It's uh, something that I think that if you are good at noticing things that <laughs> I think most people are good at noticing that, hey, there's something a little different about this movie versus the, the the other movie. But I bet there's a bunch of other people who aren't that you could show Airplane 2 to someone who doesn't pay as close attention to that kind of stuff. And they're not going to notice that it's slightly different in quality as far as jokes. They might go, ah, it's not as funny as part one, but I don't think they're going to put two and two together and go, oh, I bet it's written by somebody differently. When I saw Airplane 2 as a kid, uh, I didn't know, you know? I guess that's who you're really fooling is children. Um, to me, it was just as funny as part one. I feel like the last time I saw Airplane and Airplane 2 was about seven years ago. <clears throat> and and uh, I did notice then that it wasn't 
it didn't age for me as well. Airplane Part 1 did, but not Part 2. And then I watched it again on July 3rd, and I found myself a little bit more forgiving of it. I found that it was uh, a little better than the last time I'd seen it, but still, it it does live in the shadow of Part 1, and it's not as funny. But this was the first time I ever I, I made the effort to look into, well, who made this movie? This is... Um, the movie that is responsible for teaching me as a child what the word sequel meant. Now, picture this. You're a kid, and you don't know what the word sequel means. I mean, that seems silly because it's a word you've heard a million times. You can't picture a part of your life where you don't know what sequel means. But, you know, every word that you know, at one point you didn't know. And at one point I didn't know what the word sequel meant, especially as a young child. And then Airplane 2 comes out, and it's it's called Airplane 2, the sequel. So I'm like, well, what's a sequel? Well, a sequel is, uh, you know, what is a sequel? <laughs> is it specific? What do you think a sequel is? Is it specifically part two? I think a lot of people think that the second part of a franchise is the sequel, but I guess technically all entries in a franchise is a sequel. But for the case of Airplane 2, it's uh, specifically Part 2, and it's it's a funny joke, right? You're taking the, uh, the second title, the sequel, and it's just a description of exactly what it is, a sequel. Uh, something that I noticed this time that I guess I never really noticed before is that the film Airplane, if you want to write it down properly, the way you're supposed to write it is uh, in all caps, and with an exclamation point at the end, it's airplane with an exclamation point. And that exclamation point is a running, I don't know if it's a running gag or if it's just like a, it's a tradition with the uh, Zucker Brothers movies. Um, if you look at all those movies that they made, Top Secret, Hot Shots, Naked Gun, look at them. If you have them on DVD or Blu-ray or just look at them online and images of the posters, there's always an exclamation point at the end of those titles. All of them, including Police Squad, which is the TV series that Naked Gun is based on, has the exclamation point. Police Squad! You know, it's always supposed to say it like that. Hot shots! Top secret! <laughs> Airplane! Well, Airplane 2, the sequel, does not have an exclamation point. To me, that's a big... A hint. It's it's subtle. It's not immediately noticeable, but uh, it's a it's a hint that this movie is not brought to you by the same people, who I guess have claimed that exclamation point in their titles. Uh, but the thing about movies, or about sequels, you know, that make a lot of audience members feel like it it's it's definitely a part of the same canon is is returning characters and returning faces, and this movie does have some actors that you know from Airplane Part 1, and that's Robert Hayes. He returns as Ted Stryker. Julie Haggerty, she returns as Elaine. Lloyd Bridges, he returns as McCroskey. Peter Graves returns as Captain Over. Steven Stucker, he returns as Johnny. And, you know, I think the only other two actors from Part 1 that could have returned... I mean, well, before I even mention them, there are some other smaller parts that return. Uh, specifically, um, the woman who gets hysterical in part one, uh, she returns in a cameo and so does the guy, one of the guys who speak jive in part one, he returns. But other than that, it's the main characters that 
you want to see return in the movie to make it feel like it's part of that same universe. And two of the people that were in part one that are not in part two are Leslie Nielsen and Robert Stack. And Robert Stack chose not to return because he just felt there it was an unnecessary sequel. And Leslie Nielsen uh, couldn't return because he was under contract to film the TV series Police Squad. And as I mentioned earlier, if you don't know about Police Squad, Police Squad lasted one season, and it's by the people who made Airplane. And The Naked Gun is the movie. It's Police Squad the movie, pretty much, you know? Which is interesting that they didn't just call it Police Squad. But uh, if you watch, and I've seen all the episodes of Police Squad, only lasted one season. If you watch uh, Police Squad, you'll even see gags in that show that get repeated in you know some of the naked gun films police squad's good i really like it peter graves plays captain over he's mostly known from being from the television series mission impossible i'm going to admit something to you i've never seen mission impossible i've never seen the 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 tv series not the tom cruise films it's a little bit before my time and the thing about tv shows that come before your time is you know, there's two ways to catch them. One is if you're of a certain age, <laughs> you got them in reruns. And there are a bunch of shows that were before my time that I did see because they get reran. And then nowadays, especially, it feels as though reruns isn't so much the option because not a lot of people watch television. They do a lot of streaming. And if you're going to watch an old show, it's because you made the choice to watch a show. So you either track down the DVDs or the Blu-rays or if it's streaming somewhere. So it seems as though uh, like with reruns, you can just casually come across a show and go, oh, I think I'll check this out versus um, making a choice. Like, for instance, The Prisoner. The Prisoner is a great TV series from the 60s, totally before my time. And I'd always heard about it. And I chose to watch it. Uh, bec- and it wasn't rerun. Uh, I, I had to buy it. So I bought the discs and I watched it that way because I needed to see it. And that's a great show. Uh, I just want to talk about just a couple of people who are in this movie. Uh, William Shatner plays a, a role in this film, and uh, I, I I do think it's it, it's clever. I mean, it's not like super clever, but it's it's clever casting just because he's from Star Trek, and this movie takes place in the future on a space shuttle. So why not have a science fiction icon like William Shatner, who is actually really commits to the comedic um, parts the part that he has to do and the gags that he's involved with without even parodying uh, Captain Kirk. So he doesn't even perform the role as though he's just doing a parody of Kirk. He really does play the role as though it's a completely different character. Pat Sajak from Will of Fortune has a small part as a TV news reporter. (laughs) And it's not even a gag as though he's supposed to be playing Pat Sajak. It's just like, holy smokes, that's Pat Sajak. On a side note, Pat Sajak has this like, link to Hawaii that <laughs> I always think of when I think of Pat Sajak because I live in Hawaii and our news, our, one of the, our most famous newscaster is named uh, Joe Moore. And when Joe Moore was in college, he was roommates with Pat Sajak. So they're like friends. I don't know if they're best friends, but they're friends till this day. And there was this time where Joe Moore used to put on a play here in Hawaii. <laughs> and I think it was the odd couple. I could be wrong where it's him and Pat Sajak. So you could see Pat Sajak live in Hawaii in this play with Joe Moore. And 
Uh, that's just something that I never forgot about. There's a boy in the film who pretty much plays the same gag as the kid from the first film who visits the cockpit. And the kid's played by Oliver Robbins. And as a horror fan, I just have to point out that Oliver Robbins is the kid from Poltergeist. Um, at the end of this movie, after the credits, there is a announcement on the screen where it says, uh, you know, coming soon from Paramount, Airplane 3. And, you know, there are other movies that have done stuff like this where they announce a sequel after the credits. The first one I think of is Dr. Detroit. At the end of Dr. Detroit, they announce that coming soon, Dr. Detroit 2, The Wrath of Mom. Um, there is no Airplane 3. And I think that it's not too late. I still think that they could make an Airplane 3 and uh, Robert Hayes and, and Julie Haggerty could uh, be in it, not in the lead anymore. Maybe Robert Hayes could play the character that Lloyd Bridges plays, where he uh, tries and talks him down. You know, Steven Stucker, he's such a scene stealer as Johnny. He was in a theater group called Kentucky Fried Theater. And he's in the movie, Kentucky Fried Movie. And, he, and he's just one of those guys who's so funny in these movies. And I... I always wondered why haven't I seen him in a bunch of movies and then did my research and find out, unfortunately he passed away from AIDS and uh, when he was the age of 38. So I don't mean to, you know, introduce that bummer, but uh, I just wanted to talk about it just because I, I more so as a shout out, I, I think that uh, he's so funny, you know, the guy who's all um, kind of flamboyant and manic and crazy. And he, <laughs> anyway, there you go. I'm back. Gosh, I really felt I went all over the place with this podcast, and yet I hope you still enjoyed listening to me. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about next week. I got to think of something, but I'm, I'm happy to be back, and I'm really appreciating that you, uh, you're you back here with me. Uh, until next time, please take care of yourself. Uh, hey, uh, if you got to fly... Uh, let's just hope that, uh, you're not on a collision course with the sun. What a stupid way to end the, the podcast. <laughs> I clearly don't know what I'm doing anymore, but Hey, I love you. Take care. Aloha.